Hey, this is Christopher Stevenson's uh, man-child boy servant. Uh, just want to let you know that the Salt Lake City Comedy Carnival is coming next week, September 25th through the 28th. 70 of America's best comics. Go to slccomedycarnival.com for schedules and tickets. Later. Hi, I'm Andy Gold, and you're listening to All You Radio with Sasha and Becca, and they rule. Listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. And it hurts so good. Hello, people. This is Sasha Bloom, OU Radio. First show post Becca. She's gone. She's left. We've been crying. For those of you who tuned in live on Tuesday, you know we had a fantastic show. We had five of the best comics in the state of Utah and a concert. That podcast will be up tonight, so look for that. It's fantastic. With me in studio, Michelle Bodkin. How? Bodkin. <laughs> With me in studio, Michelle Bodkin. How are you? I'm doing really well, Sasha. How are you? Just bombing on a microphone. <laughs> Don't mind me. Oh, it's all good. So how was Michigan? Amazing. Yeah? Amazing. Loved it. Who, what, when, where, why? Who, what, when, where, why? Uh, I left last Thursday. I didn't get back until Tuesday night. Um, and just went because, well, I wanted to. So what, what better reason than that, right? I don't think there is a better reason. Nah. Nah. You get to go to one of the most hallowed grounds in college sport, maybe American sport. Mm -hmm. The big house, which is now our house, right? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, actually, it did get hostily taken over by youths. Was it hostile? Well, I mean, you know, the team did what they needed to do, and the fans decided to be loyal and stick out a two and a half hour rain delay, myself included, and took over the 50 yard line and the really nice seats after getting put clear up at the top. You got your money's worth. Oh, (laughs) I think we all got a little bit more than we bargained for on that one, to be sure. On the post-show of the Ute broadcast with uh, Bill Riley, uh, Gianni Paul said, the big house is now our house. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic quote. I, I think a couple of them said that. Someone someone brought up the big house is now the Ute house. So uh, I don't remember who, who ended up saying that, but yeah. No, I don't I, have a problem with that one either. No, I, it was awesome it was i have never been to a game like that so actually every away game i've gone to they've lost so it was really awesome that they won that game and on top of it that i don't know there was it was a little bit magical was the final score 26 10 yes okay now did the rain delay help them secure that win do you think that there was a 
fight that Michigan wanted to continue on before the Randola? Honestly, I think after Tevin Carter got that interception before, just before they called that rain delay, it took the wind out of Michigan sales, and I don't really think they cared, you know, whether the game would have been resumed or not. I think they just kind of knew with a little under eight minutes left that they were just, they were kind of done. They'd been put away. Are the Michigan fans okay with that, um, with the team's point of view, Michigan's team? Like, how how so? So Where? here's what I mean okay. is it almost looked like Michigan's offense kind of gave up. They're mm-hmm. like, we can't move the ball. We can't throw the ball. When we throw the ball, it's getting tipped. Our quarterback's getting hit. It seemed like it was wet and cold pretty much throughout the game. But a priori to these last couple of years, Michigan didn't care if there was snow, if it rained, if it was windy, if the team against them had... 15 future NFL lottery picks, Mm -hmm. they came to play and they came to hurt you. Right. That was not there last week. No, no. I I think Michigan's going through a little bit of a rough phase, and I think Ute fans can definitely understand, you know, kind of coming from a place where – They've had a lot of success, and wins came easy and often. And, you know, to have that flip switch kind of flip on you and be on the other side of it so quickly, uh, it's kind of a bummer. And, yeah, I can – I can, it's easy to give up. I mean, you know, when you feel like the world's against you, sometimes, sometimes you just want to curl up in a ball and say, I'm just done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> What was the biggest thing that you saw out of the Utes? What was their outstanding performances? Defense and special teams, I thought, were especially outstanding. You know, defensively, they needed to get some interceptions. They got three. First one from Brian Bleckens. Second Mm -hmm. one came off Johnny Paul, who, you know, first game back, wow, what a way to go. And then, of course, Tevin Carter got his – Brian Blecken also had a really huge hit, as did Tevin Carter. Jared Norris was all over the field. Nate Orchard, you know, had some nice plays thrown in there. A couple of sacks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blecken looked like he was a freshman again. It looked like he had no fear. He I, wanted to hit. He wanted to hurt. I think, yeah, I think Blecken found himself in that game, to be honest. I think that's the best he's looked in forever. Going back to what you said earlier, Special teams, there's a lot of people on ESPN, Fox Sport 1, and even the Pac-12 network saying that the Utes have the best special team in the country. I haven't seen a whole lot of other teams, but I just find it hard to believe that you can find anybody better than what Utah is putting out on the field at this moment. I mean, you have Kalen Clay that's returned two punts for touchdowns now, as well as a kickoff Mm -hmm. for a touchdown. You have Andy Phillips that hits just about every field goal, except for the last one that he hit at Michigan that twanged off the off one of the uprights. But, I mean, he's just been outstanding. And then the kickoffs as well. I mean, he's getting those things out of the end zone, and there's no returns on them. And then, of course, you have Tom Hackett that just has a knack for putting the ball inside the 20, if not even closer mm-hmm. to that coverage has been fantastic you know you have guys disciplined exactly you have guys you know getting down there to pin the ball make sure that you know Hackett's kicks 
get within the five yard line and the goal goal line and I mean they're not letting anybody break off a big run it just they are so solid right now no we they haven't had the athletes yet and the return games with the bigger blockers the bigger Mm -hmm. practice squad guys but I think it's fair to say that they're a very solid uh they have very solid special teams I think I think they're very very solid I think they're easily one of the best in the Pac-12, if not the best, and they very well could be the very best in the nation. And as bad weather comes in and the weather gets colder and the muscles get beat up, it mm-hmm. becomes much more important than almost anything except for maybe a good running back you mm-hmm. know, or in a left tackle. I was impressed by them. I think Travis William- Wilson's lucky he's alive. Did you see that, that in the crowd or... Because when you look at the slow-mo, because it was captured on mm-hmm. a slow-mo camera, he should have broke his neck. Yeah. Up where I was sitting, couldn't really see exactly what had happened. Mm-hmm. We were too far up, and the Michigan sideline was kind of blocking mm-hmm. You know what ended up happening. They showed the replay on the big screen, and my gut reaction was oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah, right um and he didn't move for a second and there yeah either. he wasn't moving you know you see the the med people running over to him you know teammates are gathered around him you see kendall thompson on the sideline warming up and you just kind of sit there thinking what is he dead pretty much is he dead (laughs) you know i was expecting you know stretchers ambulances the whole nine yards so the fact that really all that happened to him was that he scratched up his face and looked like he got into a bar fight i mean it's just pretty amazing see that did they show it on the big screen the replay of that Mm -hmm. because that's weird because working for the pac-12 network you would not have seen how many times they replayed that that ABC did? I don't even think we would have put that. They would the the Utes uh, athletic department would have put that image on the screen because they're very protective in the Pac-12 of showing injury. Right. Yeah. I mean, they played it once. Once was enough. Obviously, I went home and rewatched the game twice. Mm-hmm. And gosh, ABC probably replayed that. You know, and from different angles, too, 10 different times. And ESPN, too, I can't remember in any time have you seen college players with that type of possibility of injury being shown. I I mean, that I was mean, a disgusting uh, – I don't even know how he's moving. I was going to say, I, I don't understand how the physics of that works <laughs> because that, to have your face on the turf, your neck bent the wrong way, your yeah. body up over your neck. And a 10-pound helmet going... Uh-huh, yeah. kind of crashing, slipping out behind you. I... Yeah, he's lucky. Luck, dumb luck, more uh, like it. Were you at any practices uh, during this week? I was at yesterday's practice. Did Coach say anything about making sure that he gets out of bounds or slides or doesn't run anymore? I missed Witt's portion of it. I had two interviews that I was catching up on, but having kind of read some of the, like, the press, the presser, I know that, you know, he said, we love Travis's tenacity. We love that he's so aggressive. That's just the kind of player he is. He's always going to play like that. 
but he has to be smarter. And I 100% agree with that. You have to love the fact that he is willing to go out there and do just about anything, you know, to move the chains, to get his guys going. But, I mean, he wasn't even close to that first down, and it was a stupid, stupid thing to do. I think it was the journalist Kyle Goon story in the Tribune, the Mm -hmm. Solid Tribune, said that the team appreciated it and that they rallied behind his toughness and that not only were they thankful he was okay, but it inspired them to dig deeper going down the road. Is that accurate? I think so. And, I mean, really from day one, those guys have rallied around Travis. And it's really kind of funny because Travis is such a quiet I hate saying this, but kind of you would think of him as being like a geeky guy that maybe hangs out in his parents' basement and plays Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons. He was as a freshman. Than, I mean, you now know, he's a jock. Rather, rather than being a football player, it, yeah. you know, your n- initial reaction would be that just doesn't match what I'm seeing. But kids he getting gets busted out. drinking Bud Lights at a concert oh now. My <laughs> gosh, I know he's such a little bad a now. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, he's just he's. He's not what you would think of as a prolific leader, and yet he steps out on that field, he puts that uniform on, and he takes it seriously. And, I mean, the guys get it. They see that. And how can you not want to rally around someone that, you know, would do anything for his guys? Washington State comes to Salt Lake City uh, probably tonight or tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. They're very good. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They took Oregon to the limit, mm-hmm. number two team in the country. Can the Utes win? Should they, is it is it going to be a last quarter thing? That is hard to say. Washington State's interesting in that they really kind of don't match up well with Utah. Yes, they Utah's, don't have good quarterback or cornerbacks. Utah, Utah's a stop the run first type of team mm-hmm. and. Washington State really does not run. No. Um, you know, they are much more air-oriented, and I think I think this is going to be an amazing test for all the defensive backs, all the cornerbacks, you know, nickelback, safeties. They're going to have to bring their A game because that's really the only way that I see them stopping their offense. They're going to have to switch gears a little bit this week, and they're going to have to have a slightly different mindset than they usually do just to match up with or try to match up with, you know, what Washington State does offensively. I think it's good that Gianni Paul Paul's in the game now because now you have two great athletes as linebackers. And I think they're, I've seen them play once mm-hmm. and their line's n- not that great. I haven't seen enough of them. I mean, just kind of briefly looking at their numbers. Connor Holiday, I mean. Their quarterback. What can you say? He's just, he's amazing. And, you know, the first year that he was playing, I think it was 2012 when Utah went up there. And, you know, you find out after the game, this poor little freshman ends up in the hospital with a lacerated liver. And he played played through mm-hmm. that game and, you know, was probably the biggest reason why that team was even still in the game. You know, and just the numbers he puts up, 162 of 238 passing. He already has almost 2,000 yards yeah. of passing, and we're only four games in. 
Um, and there's no one close in the country behind him. I think it's three or 400 yards behind him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, defensively, you know, it looks like they have some all right players. I No one that really maybe kind of stood out as a result of Halliday, you know, being such a prolific passer. I think they have some good wide receivers that, you know, Utah's going to have to look out for. I think the biggest key is going to be how does Utah's defense deal with a a solid passing team? And on the flip side, you know, can Utah's offense make some of the adjustments that they need to? Because I think they kind of finally learned, you know, maybe some of the chinks in their armor at Michigan and, you know, what they need to clean up going forward and into Pac-12 play. So I think Washington State will be a very good test to see if, Utah's offense can do that. One of the interesting things about Washington State is even though they're a pass-oriented team, they still are controlling time of possession, mm-hmm. which you don't see a whole lot. Usually it's the pound and ground that really chew up the clock. Are you concerned if it becomes a shootout that the Wilson will stay focused and not get picked off? Will he stay in the pocket Will he, you know, throw it out of bounds before he gets sacked? Because in past years, Mm -hmm. when it becomes a shootout situation, he fails. Yeah, he gets a little bit antsy. Yes, he does. Makes some not good mistakes. Um, You know, from what I've seen so far, and again, I mean, the contests kind of haven't really been all that close. I think Wilson is a lot calmer. I think he understands what it is he needs to do. I think he understands what it is his team needs from him in order to get the job done. And I think he's taking it seriously. You know, and I like the fact that they're at home for this one. I Utah is just really, really, really hard to play at home. Hopefully the must shows up. I'm getting quite disgusted with the must. It's homecoming, they better. <laughs> <laughs> With these hipsters, who knows? So you're going to be at the game? I will be at the game. What kind of shoes are you wearing? I have no idea. It depends supposed on... to rain. I know, I'm hearing rain. Maybe some boots. Mm-hmm. Boots will keep my feet nice and warm and dry. So, <laughs> Where can people uh, read your articles? You can go to utezone.com. It is a paid membership only website uh but it's well worth your money it's Uh, better than reading biology books people trust me (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly if you want to look like you're doing something but not really doing something that is a great place to go i agree (laughs) um and then you can always follow me on twitter at m bodkin rivals or on facebook it's michelle bodkin so i like it you're going to be in studio next week yeah yes and we'll give you more time Oh, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> okay. So next week, uh, as you know, Becca's gone. Patrick Ramirez, a comedian, will be my new co-host. We have the brilliant comedian and voicer Ragnar Steve Solberg coming in. And you, of course. Of course. So look for that <laughs> on Tuesday. And I'm going to get out of here so that the show... What, what's your name, guys? Zach and Kane. Zach and Kane. Yes, Zach and Kane. They're going to play some, what, alternative music? alternative indie they're going to be funny so tune in cook some dinner drink some beers and listen to great tunes yeah cool so i'm out of here uh thank you so much michelle bodkins for coming in and we'll see you on tuesday all right sounds great